Hello and welcome to Pedagodzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the Pop Culture Core here, live and on location at the end of Playful Learning 2022. Uh, recording on a tiny little Zoom H2N because it felt like much too much effort to set up the big kit for this bit. Um, and because we're knackered and, yeah, uh, words. Anyway, hello, I'm Mike, um, Imposter Syndrome Incarnate, conference participant, owner of an amazing t-shirt now. Um, and joining me, we have, as ever... I'm Mark Childs, and yes, amazing t-shirt that we got given to us by the uh, organising committee, and a free mug. A free mug? I haven't looked in my bag yeah, yet. Yeah, that's what's in that little box, is oh, a mug. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, they've been really sweet. So they've all been just so, so amazing. So uh, in a little bit, um, I'll be adding in a recording of both the keynote and the end of the conference, which is um, uh, Sylvester's, uh, Sylvester Arnab's uh, keynote. Um, and kind of just like a little wrap up of the uh, the end of the conference. But I guess let's just take a few minutes here just to wrap up on the day because we've not really had a chance to stop yet today, have we? No, no, we've done a lot of recording, uh, did the keynote and one or two other things. And yeah, it's, uh, I just remember this feeling from the last one I was at, which is absolute exhaustion because it's full on conference, really. Other things where you just normally sit there and just listen to other people talk. You can maybe last a few a bit longer, but when it's everything's active and participative, and yes, you learn more, you engage more, you have more to take away, but holy shit, it's tiring. <laughs> it has been fabulous. It's that same sort of exhaustion you get from like a really good day at the amusement park. It's just that this is day three at the amusement park, mm. and it's and like I, 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 I am roller coastered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on the teacups. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm knackered. But it's been so good. Like, so I've done some great sessions today. Uh, did one on um, uh, sort of, uh, comedy and improv techniques that you can uh, use um, in, well, a, a in the classroom, but B, it felt like it would be really useful in... Um, that sounds really good. Was that the comedy to- coaching? Yeah, that was the comedy uh, coaching one, which that? I thought was um, I thought that was really neat. Um, and the other one was, uh, was creativity in uh, media. Media at play? No, no, no. It was... Where were you? What was that? That was Stefan's thing, was it? No, no. So that was the one I saw. It was... Ah, no more talking heads. Yes, yeah, Stefan's one. You're right, Stefan's yeah. one. Uh, playful approach to video media creation, right. uh, which is really interesting actually, because he'd identified some kind of like some key points in there. That mm. I was like, oh, that's what we've unconsciously been doing with the podcast. Oh, but it's always really nice okay. when somebody's like, oh, here's a here's a framework for it, and you're like, oh, that's oh, what we do. That's a thing that we oh, do. But yeah. now that we know that this exists, because you know sometimes something doesn't work, and you're yeah. like, why didn't that work? And you're like, aha, it's because yeah. we missed that. So yeah, that was um, that was really good. And then yeah, we've, we've recorded with lots of really interesting people today. Um, lots of really interesting people. Mark's recorded even more because um, yeah, you will hear that everyone that sessions start. Every one of my recordings starts with uh, "Is this on?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's assuming they've all been captured because we do have a slight bit of doubt about whether one Dave's. Of them... yeah, yeah, I didn't know how to spot whether or not it was on or not at that point. So, but anyway, but yeah, we can always do that next time. Yeah. But I guess um, yeah, before I uh, I play you the uh, the keynote, which. We'll feel like it's starting slightly halfway through, and that's because I think I came into the room a minute late because we had to run downstairs and get Yeah, there. but it started off with his video, so he comes in after that video, so it probably sounds quite... It's, he picks it up, and so yeah, it probably yeah. sounds But, right. you know, it, basically, you'll miss, like, the fanfare introduction of, and here he is! You know, you'll, you'll miss that bit, but... Um, you know, I guess that's name checked me partly way through. Went, oh, old friends. I went, oh, yeah, friends. yeah. God, that was 2008, so we, we sort of first met, so that's... Holy shit, that's a lot more than 10 years ago, but time flies. So, I mean, actually, one of my reflections, I've I've got several reflections from the conference. Um, One of them is that I've joked before that Mark knows everybody in education, (laughs) and I've now discovered that Mark knows everybody in education. Everybody in education has met Mark, worked with Mark, 
Um, yeah, it's 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 genuinely incredible. It's like some sort of superpower. It is a self-selected sample here, in that it's mainly the people here, and one maybe it's very few select places. And I do know, you know, the, the, the people. Ex, yeah, the conference is. Uh, it's great. The it's conference really is very community. much the people as well. Yeah. I think. Um, it's mainly, yeah. yeah, I think um, uh, the yeah the, the chairs kind of sum Keep it up. Going, Michael. Afterwards, but you've only got a few more minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the chairs very much summed it up, but. Um, the yeah, the people are the conference. Like you yeah. could, this is uh, the feeling I had uh, was very much that you could get this bunch of people and you could stick them in a cardboard box the size of a room, filled with packing tape, and they could easily they could create a three day conference out of yeah. that. They are just fun, brilliant, creative, creative. excellent people, um, and I genuinely had a fabulous time. Really want to come again next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to see everybody. I want to see all the same people and more people next year. Yeah. Um, it's been absolutely incredible and just yeah for me it's been a real it's been a real confirmation and a real revelation and verification justification of being more ludic being more playful uh, being more um, challenging of, of rules and assumptions in your practice and a bit looser and yeah it's just been it's been wonderful education I think it's going to take a few days to process um, and kind of you know work out what my, what my takeaways are and I'm, I'm going to be doing like a blog post I think probably from for the OU on it and there'll be a big reflective um like podcast episode where we actually get the oh, that's probably is that the, the alarm for us to bugger off um there might be like there's going to be a I'll, all of the stuff that we've recorded is going to be published one way or the other and i think we recorded like seven hours of content maybe more wow. in okay. total um so so yeah so it's 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 been it's been fantastic i mean mark what's what's been your kind of like your reflections um actually that uh, having the podcast to do i think you know i mean this isn't a group where i normally feel like i've not felt the reticence about talking to people and sort of going up and saying hello who are you and what hello but um so that's not been a problem at this conference before so the social anxiety wouldn't have kicked in but having a role and having a reason to talk to people and having them say come up and talk to me and sort of chat to us and that's been a real. I think. I think just being the half of Pedagogzilla at the conference has really made a difference. So, yeah, I think they do want us to do this as a regular slot, but that's great. So I, I hope think, so. It's been a real yeah. privilege. I mean, it's like it's been like having mini sessions done just for us because we've yeah. had some fantastic people sit down with us, talk to us about some amazing things, share their ideas, their backgrounds. Uh, be very entertaining answer some really stupid questions that we've asked I've asked and also seem to have got something out of doing it themselves as well yeah. which has been really nice that that was, said, oh, uh, that yeah. was really, oh that was really interesting I wasn't thinking of it in that way I was a bit so. afraid that we'd be like Billy No Mate sitting in the corner of our microphones like please sir can you come record with us <laughs> but no they've really wanted to so yes yeah, so that's good That's I think that was the highlight was actually having a specific role that people appreciated um, because you know it's, that's that's been the difference for me yeah. it's cool Okay, so um, yeah, so this is Mike and Mark at the Playful Learning Conference. Uh, I'm gonna you'll, you'll hear an almost seamless transition just now into uh, the last bit of the conference. So back in time for us, uh, future in listening time for you. It'll make sense in a bit. Uh, I guess I'll just very quickly apologise for the audio quality. Uh, it was recorded with a field mic in a big echoey conference room. Uh, the same mic we're actually recording on here, uh, so it's not going to be quite our usual quality, mm. which might not matter to anybody else. It matters to me. Is it echoey? I don't know. Let's give it the go. conference room. Lizard, lizard. This is a gecko in here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tim Vine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, and it won't be kind of, I have quite a level of <laughs> really processing. Awesome. I'm, I'm really rich and realised I've done that. <laughs> I mean, I love it, Mark. Oh, okay, good. Um, and yeah, and uh, so, I don't know, why am I apologising for, apologizing for the sound quality? Like, nobody's, will anybody care? 
Not as much as you do. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Other audio nerds, feel free to berate me at your, at your leisure. Anyway, uh, this is Mike at Playful Increments, transitioning you seamlessly. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we'll, I guess we'll say goodbye now, and then we'll just transition into... Bye, we've had a lovely time. This is Mike yes, saying goodbye. And, and now here's Sylvester, Sylvester Arnab talking about um, Game Changers. Game Changers and just the bazillion incredible things that he's mm. been doing for the last donkey's years. Just, yeah, yeah. What a genius I, oh, oh my yeah, god yeah, the, the reading yeah. list from that alone is yeah. just that's that's a life's work it's yeah. incredible anyway we're, we're spoiling it for you you listen you, you make your mind up you enjoy yeah, yourself we'll, we'll be enjoying our cool t-shirts <laughs> I got the hot pink one I'm so pleased I really yeah, cannot right. thank Nicholas Brilliant. enough that's it yeah that's it right bye design and implementation of playful and gainful interventions Creative and playful spaces enable a myriad of disciplines to join forces and co-create playful and gainful pedagogies. Creativity and resilience are at the core of what we do. Over the years, our team have fostered a frugal approach to education innovation, merging playful learning with creative problem solving to deliver innovative, practical and sustainable pedagogic practice within our projects. We embrace openness and believe everyone should be able to benefit from our efforts. To that end, we endeavour to make all our resources and research open access, complete with guides and examples to help you reuse and remix for yourself with the power of creative commons. So why not come and join us and become a game changer? So that's a quite formal introduction to what game changers is. But essentially, it's all about how do we create meaningful experiences. And, and, and these past three days, we have seen so many different types of ways of creating something that is going to be more empathic, something that is, that is going to push boundaries, perhaps, and something that will allow us to debate sensitive topics, which I think is key in terms of the work we're doing, is to get to come together and meaningfully discuss and deliver or create um, you know, different solutions, perhaps, or strategies. What are those different experiences? What do we want to nurture? So those are the things that we need to think about. And when I'm saying this is is is, is to get them to think about when we create different types of activities, whether it's playful or not, it is important to understand more about what are we expecting to achieve? What are the different things that could arise from that particular experience, whether we are going to nurture something positive or something that is perhaps towards the um, negative side of behavior. Uh, so those, those are the things that I've had a lot of conversations with people who are quite interested in play, but they are a bit wary with um, the potential of creating something that might not be easily controlled. And control is something that most organizations will talk about, but today we talk about different ways of how can we make it more open, how can we make it more flexible and fluid. So I think we have a lot of work to do um, in, 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 in order to really help people out there to understand more about how play can inform the way that we create experiences and the way they will make it more constructive. I think um, because I'm preaching to the converter, so I think it's, it's up to us to go out there and think about how we can, we can talk about this in a more practical and empathic way to those who are not familiar with playing games. So we, we talk about play and games play and gameplay. We know that play is such a huge, broad spectrum of work and, and, and research. And the reason why we are looking at games is the fact that it makes it easier to have conversations with people who are not familiar with, with, with play, to think about the magic circle in terms of how restrictive 
the, uh, the rules are. For example, um, if we think about uh, kids going to the um, seaside, they'll be playing with sun. Of course, they can play as freely as, as they want, but they will have their own rule while playing. For example, oh, I'm, I'm going to create the tallest, the largest castle compared to yours. Let's compete. Or let's work together to create this joint um, sort of constructions. So there will always be certain level of rules um, involved in, 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 in the way that we play. So, um, so when we use this is to encourage people to understand more about the fact that we need to know what change that is going to happen, um, how change is going to be uh, enabled, and what are the different things that we need to be careful about when we, 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 we deal with human beings. We are all different from different backgrounds, so it will, be, it, will be, it will be easy for us to be biased towards certain cultural uh, constructions around that particular game or play, perhaps. So, th so this, these are the questions that we keep on asking. There is no, uh, there is no answer to this at all, but um, these are the things that we can actually work on. And in terms of play itself, um, we can see that during the uh, um, COVID-19, I think it's, it's now in the mainstream that parents are more convinced that you know games are actually beneficial to their children, especially during lockdown, where they will be able to socialize with friends online, they will be able to play games and explore uh, different environments and learn new skills. And these are the things that we can actually, uh, I, hate, I hate the word exploit, but perhaps something that we can learn from and the, the, the inspirations from this that can help us to have better conversations with those who are not familiar with games. And one thing that we are actually working on is very much around the open practice in the design of play and games, um, especially those who are not familiar with this particular concept. So it's, 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 it's good to find different inspirations that can help us to, in a way, enable them to understand it better. So game changes, we investigate this in so many different ways, um, like branching inquiries. So there might be something that we relevant for the sort of work that you do, but I'm not going to talk about each and every one of them. But what I will talk about today is very much around the lessons learned. And these are the things that I think that have been reflected um, uh, in these past three days. The different things that we've, we've been talking about, the pedagogy, what is the actual learning outcomes. And today we talk about being a leader is perhaps again put theories in a box somewhere, but however we need to understand more about the learning theories behind what we are trying to do. Um, and in terms of the ecosystem, the ecosystem is key, it's like who are the stakeholders, who are we within that particular scenarios, and what are the methods in terms of the practical thing that people always ask, how? It's like you talk about all this, it's like it's all wonderful, yes, but how can we actually do it practically? And talk about space, um, today we talk about space, not just physical space, virtual space, mindset, practice space, all sorts of different things that we need to think about and also community is more important because as you can see that all of us here are very much interested in play and how we can actually use it in our context, in our practice. So these are the key things I'm going to quickly just uh, go through. So in terms of playing games, there's no such thing as a formula. It is that, that makes it interesting because it helps us to explore things further without any prescribed 
rule on how to actually do it because all of us are different. Um, so there is the need for us to, in a way, think about the granular relationships between whatever serious outcomes that you want to achieve and the mechanics and the dynamics and the aesthetics of our playful resources. So I think in the different sessions I've been in, I can see the interconnection between, oh, we're doing this part of this particular game because it will help us to address this particular competency or this particular, this particular issue. <laughs> so these are the things I really think about. I think um, the main gap in, in, in the literature, yeah. It's, um, some people would look at me and say, that, oh, especially those who are not familiar with serious games, Playful learning, they will say that oh, so there's so there's no guarantee that it's going to work. Uh, where there are a lot of evidence out there um, in terms of different specific scenarios that we can take inspirations from, so we can actually help them to understand more about the process that, that we would go through. And one of the one of the things that we are working on, and I think um, a few of you are familiar with this, like Daisy is also looking at this sort of thing as well in terms of the connection between the learning and the the games. I know these are all research work, theories, and whatnot. But what we are trying to do here is to encourage people to think about the interconnection between the granular aspects of what you're creating and how can it better connect to different types of learning that can happen. What are the verbs in learning that can actually help us understand? So there are so many different learning theories out there. So it's it will allow us to be able to um, perhaps some people might not want to measure or, or, or in a way track change that's going to happen in the game. However, it is important for us to understand more about at which point of the playful activity, which is more free, that you can stop and then do a reflection. So you can reflect on a particular learning. So what have you learned? Can you go forward to the next round of the, uh, uh, the play itself? So this has been used to design some different, different, different games, um, but I'm not going to talk about them today. But one of the examples here, uh, this is um, a piece of work that we did in trying to encourage people to think about cultural uh, intelligence in terms of um, thinking about how can we work in a multi-cultural organization, how can we understand each other in terms of the cultural differences that, that, that we have. So we actually work with practitioners to get them to do this in terms of trying to understand more about what is the actual learning that I want to address and how can we then, in a way, embed inspirations from games or play that will allow us to make it happen uh, you know, in terms of the physical sense. Um, so they have gone through this process and uh, they are actually using it in their organization. And this is an example, I've been to so many escape room sessions Yesterday, the whole day, I, 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 I made a point to see the different examples of what everyone had done. Uh, but this is an example of um, creating something at the speed of need. Uh, there were lecturers at universities who had to teach during lockdown, and, and, and they had to teach on teams. They said that we don't have any time to, to get anything, no budget to buy anything that will allow us to create something that is more active. What can we do? So we went through the same process, what are the actual learning gaps that you want to address? How do you think they should learn this? And what can you, in the way, track in terms of ensuring that the students will be learning, learning exactly what you want them to learn and also explore further areas within a particular topic and match it against the game mechanics and match it against the resources that they will need to create. 
and they managed to create this in three weeks and uh, they are running it for the third cohort now. Um, so they created it themselves. So our intention again, Chinese, is not us creating it, it's them creating it because it's more powerful. It's the sense of ownership that is also an aspect of play, the sense of autonomy, agency, and so on and so forth. So yeah, so this is an example. Um, so you can actually have a look at the guidelines on how you can actually create this. Everything is for free, so it has been used in so many other institutions as well. And in terms of sensitive issues, that sort of provides a bit more careful thought around the creation of the escape rooms. For example, this one using the same approach and to include some of those different cultural uh, connection of what you're trying to do, making sure that if you are talking about modern slavery in terms of this particular context, you have to actually work with experts in terms of trying to understand more about the context and how you can actually address what types of awareness that you want to get uh, 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 to engage with in this particular experience. And, um, and it has been extended to also look at motivation. So why I'm showing this is, this is like a call out for anyone who is interested to really explore the interconnection between play and what are the serious outcomes that we wish to address and the process in between, what actually happened. I think I find this very interesting and, and I think this would help us to provide more evidence on how um, you can actually create something that is powerful. So yeah, so this is one of the, 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 the projects that we are working on at the moment and Luca Morini is, is part of the project as well. So we are trying to understand more about the connection between playfulness and resilience. And because it is going to be, be implemented in schools in Asia, so they are very much restricted by the curriculum, restricted by all sorts of different things. So if you want to do it formally, how can we provide evidence in terms of connection between the playful aspects in terms of how can we create uh, using the playful aspect to create the playful learning, what are different types of competencies that would then develop resilience? So this is something that is quite messy, it's still messy. Uh, um, so this is something that we are very much interested in. So I would encourage everyone to try and think about how they can map their playful aspects or dimensions to the actual serious outcomes that we wish to address, not just outcomes, the process of learning. And ecosystem. This is one thing that uh, most people would forget about, especially when I used to be part of the Serious Games Institute, so we are very much interested in all the, and our friend here as well, part of the Serious Games Institute in, in, since 10 years ago? Yeah, nearly. I think nearly, it's slightly yeah, less, yeah. yeah. All friends. So, so we, we are very much interested in technology, everything shiny, sort of thing. So we want to create games. Oh, this is what we should create rather than what do you think we should create? How would that help your community? So we created something, gave it to the teachers, thinking that they would love it, and said, this is not what, what we want, we don't need this. <laughs> so we had to really break everything down and then learn like a, a lesson in thinking about the ecosystem of that particular playful resources that you're going to, going to create. Where is it going to situate? Is it, is, it, is it going to be within an intervention, within a... Uh, classroom setting or you know all sorts of different considerations that we think about and one thing that we are working on is where well, I just would use the word trans this this 
this, I don't even have to pronounce it, but by the way, it's trans. But anyway, um, so the one way that I look at trans disciplinarity is it's like a cake, right? It's like you, you have different items that you can combine and that create a cake, and the cake doesn't resemble flour, doesn't resemble uh, butter, and I don't know what 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 are the other things you put in the cake? That shows that I don't actually bake a lot. Anyway, uh, so I shouldn't go on great dish bake off. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we look at this particular concept, and sometimes you don't have the resources to have the experts with you. So we need to, in the way, try and find ways to get more information about the different topics, different disciplines that we need to actually include the creation of our playful resources. Um, so yeah, so um, so we actually did this particular work in trying to understand more about how can we integrate different ways of getting people to work together. But of course, that sort of model is too complicated, it's a bit researchy, it's a bit sort of like uh, how can we make it, make it practical. But essentially, it's, it's about how do you onboard people into this particular process and how do you actually get them to practice it and then they will be able to master that particular process of creation. Um, so we always believe in the value of coming together and creating stuff, um, which I think is important. And this is something that, that we are pushing in terms of getting people to understand more about the ecosystem and try to get as many people in that particular ecosystem to work together and create them. Because at the end of the day, if you want them to sustain it, they will have to be part of the creation process instead of us creating something and giving it away. So, and, oh, <laughs> so yeah, so um, based on our work in Asia, um, the restrictions are mostly around practical and institutional constraints if you want to understand the ecosystem and the perceived lack of materials you can always think that oh people are something playful oh, I need this I need to buy this I need to get something that is so sophisticated uh, but no because um, you know it can be non-digital it can be something that can just be from any ordinary stuff you can get from classroom or from household um, products um, and of course Standardized curriculum is something that is so difficult to really get through. We have not got a solution for it, but we are in conversation with teachers through the school and from the school to the um, Department of Edu Education is trying to see how we can create these conversations around that. And what they find that, um, that it is easily acceptable by the teachers if they are really blended within existing educational techniques and practices. So this is where the teachers, they are important, you need to understand what are the different types of teaching practices do they do to understand more about how can we then help them to embed different types of playful methodology within their practice so that will make it more empathic. Um, so again, as I said before, where does the game situate? So this is a question we need to ask as well, as where would that particular playful resources sit, situate? And I think in some of the sessions that I've been, I've been, I've been in these past three days, some of the uh, activities were basically to, in, to introduce a particular topic that will allow people to debate or uh, in the way discuss. And some of them were basically towards the end where everything has been done, 
in terms of the different types of learning, so they will need to deliver as assessment, so they will create a game that can be used as part of the assessment. So we need to think where our playful resources would situate and where which part of the, uh, the, the, the practice could actually embed playfulness. Because I do believe that we should not preach that playful activities is going to replace every single thing that everyone is doing, but it needs to complement and then they will be able to learn how to actually do it and embed it further into the practice. Yeah. When I talk to some teachers, they will look at me, but yeah, that, that sounds good, but how, 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 how do we start? How do we start? So it's, it's, it's hard, especially when you know, I'm from a research background and the words I'm using perhaps is not as accessible. And, and, and besides, I'm from Malaysia, for goodness sake, it's like, uh, so it's uh, the, the different uh, nuances in terms of the words that we're using might be different. So yeah, um, so in terms of the methodology, I know that word is well boring, but we need to talk about it, <laughs> the methods. Um, remixing play is something that we are pushing out. It's like, how do we repurpose and remix existing inspirations? How do we look around us and then try and talk about the different experiences that, that we've had when we were growing up? Most of the uh, people that whom I'm working with, they always say, oh, but we don't play games. And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> and I said, so what do you play when you were growing up or, or, or Christmas time or you know, during Eid or something like that? And they said, oh, board games, hide and seek. And I, 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 I talked to a few people yesterday about hide and seek. Hide and seek is a strategy game. You know, because you have to actually know where to hide. You need to really feel the locations where you are. So the special knowledge that you have of a house you roughly know when to hide and people couldn't actually find you. And when you are the one who is seeking those who are hiding, you have your own strategy as well. So by using or by tapping into the emotional connection of people in terms of game playing or playing, they will be able to understand more about the experiences, the meaningful experience they had when they were playing those games. And I said, can we create this, recreate this experience? It's not about the product, it's not about the game itself, it's not about the play itself, it's about the, ex the, the, the experience that you want to create. Uh, the experience that is going to nurture certain behaviours or help people to learn certain skills. So yeah, so this is something that we are very much pushing in the way that we work with those who are not familiar with games. And as you can see here, um, I'm sure that you, uh, you recognise um, uh, Sir Ian Livingston, yeah. So, so he, he, wait. Something we but he plays with us a lot. So it's uh, so it's it's quite interesting to see those who are very much high up there in terms of the game industry. They are also very open to the aspect of playfulness that is that is uh, you know without any uh, restricting sort of rules and and and, and whatnot. Um, so game changes is 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 very much around. What do we care about? This is what we, we get to think about. For example, if I run a workshop with uh, a bunch of teachers from different schools who are familiar with games, I say, what do you care about? And what can we do? And how can we do it? And then how can we make it work? And then where do we go from here? So what we try to encourage them to go through is the process of thinking about what matters rather than, oh, the school asks us to actually use games in our teaching, but now it's like, 
you need to think about why do you want to use games in your teaching um, and, and why do you think it is important. Um, so we have gone through this particular process and this diagram was actually, for this part it was drawn by Luca so many years ago. Um, yeah, so it's, um, it's about thinking as a player, for those who are not familiar with games perhaps, or you can think as a designer, what, how, how could you design certain experiences and you compare it to how would I play it? So you, you've got two roles there. So in terms of the mechanics, in terms of what do you want people to do in that particular play, right? And the dynamics is what would be the feedback loop? Are there going to be some feedback on the progression? How do, we, how do they know that they have learned something or how do they know that they have achieved certain milestones within, within a particular activity? And the aesthetics is like how how would it look like? Is it going to be physical? Are we going to use cards? Are we going to use just some random objects? As we have seen so many different, different uh, sessions today in terms of random objects which I love, in terms of giving you more options to be more creative in terms of the way you construct stuff. So these are the things that uh, we will encourage teachers or any educators from any uh, higher education institutions or those who are in professional development to think about. And we try to simplify it slightly. So in terms of the context, what matters, and then these are the enabler. So if we can come down to their way of practice to understand more about what do they need, that will encourage us or encourage them to discover more about how do we enable this. Um, so this is the process that we've gone through with um, so many different um, groups. And this is an example of the first time we ran it. It was uh, Luca again, featured in so, so many of this. Um, so yes, yeah, so we got lecturers, we got two students, community officer and look at as the researcher. So I went through this process of trying to figure out what is it that is so important in language learning in this, in this case. It was Italian language. So it was saying that it's so difficult to teach because people don't practice it. People, people can't practice it. Um, so we get them to really map what are the contexts in terms of learning plan, the lessons, different types of activities, different types of uh, milestones, and then the next stage is the enabler. You ask them, what are your inspirations? They want to say, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, I want to do Pokemon Go, sort of thing, because they are very much interested when at that time it was so popular, everyone was talking about it. So I thought, God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> so we, we get them to do a paper-based approach first, to design it, and then I had conversations with some colleagues from the MIT in Boston, and they've got tell Blazor, which is a free open source platform that you can use as like a drag and drop type thing to create your own. And you also get uh, this student is actually creating creative stories, and someone can program and look up provided the uh, Italian sort of a very. Um, <laughs> Um, so, that, so that was quite good in terms of the audio and in terms of the artwork. So they have used this in the classroom for people to go around Coventry and learn Italian at the same time. So triggers, uh, uh, missions are triggered when they are in different parts of Coventry. So they will get them to exercise while learning. 
learning uh, uh, Italian and learning about Coventry at, at the same time. So this is an example of how people can come together and create something using this particular approach. And of course, the people say that simplify more. I have to use uh, to use this image because this game is coming out in November, the God of War. Anyway, uh, I, I'm not working with PlayStation or, or anything, but I'm just quite excited about the game. Um, so yeah, simplify, simplify. Um, so uh, as you can see on your tables, there are so many different cards. So the orange card represents what was it? The topic, right? So you can you can pick anyone. We are not going to do any activities, but if you can have one each, the orange one and the blue one. Some of them are empty, so meaning that you can draw your own inspirations. So, oh, there's none there. <laughs> For those who have a copy on your paper, you can get it. If you can share it with your neighbors, that would be good. Yeah. Oh, well done. Oh, thank you very much. I've got a couple there for us. Yeah. So, so you got the blue and the orange for the turquoise and the orange. So the orange is the topic card and the, or, um, the, the blue is the game card. So what we're trying to get them to think about is to exercise their creative muscle. For example, on the screen you can see the topic is climate change and the game is gender. So we get, we would only give them a minute and there are so many of them who managed to put their hand up saying that I've got a game idea in less than 30 seconds. Good. And then, because the caveat is, it doesn't have to be perfect. That we need to reduce this barrier of everything has to be perfect because we can't be, be perfect. I think, I think we are in the um, country where the culture is like we have to really make sure that we, we are, you know, our facade is looked after, it's like people don't actually see us as a silly person. But every single idea that, that we have should be appreciated. So this is what we're trying to do in different workshops that we run. So yeah, so in this case, climate change and Jenga, perhaps climate change, Jenga would be the pieces that would, would represent different parts, different elements, you know, planet Earth and how they would interrelate with one another and can get kids to think about the different blocks, what would they represent, how they can form a balanced uh, ecosystem perhaps. Yeah. So, But there are so many different ways of doing this. So if you look at yours, if you would want to have a, have a look at your inspiration cards, you can tweet it, you can talk about the different games that you are going to create. And if you do so, we will get your information and I can mail you or post, post, post you one of the cards um, as well. If you can use it in your own activities. And as you can see at the back of the cards, there are some QR codes that will explain what those games are. So I'm not sure if anyone would like to shout out a game based on the cards that they have received. Anyone? 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 Anyone?
persona in their mind. So as a group, you can agree on who, who, who would be the target audience and what types of playful activities you can create in order for them to be more aware of social responsibilities by using Domino and try to understand more about what types of activities are interested in. So this is just to give them a practice and an exercise. Of course, they will need to go out and talk to the community in terms of who they are. But as they have a practice of trying to understand who are they, what is the context of where they are, and what are the different types of activities they are interested in. So that will help us to validate or incubate something with them that will in a way uh, be more aligned with their interests and who they are in their context. I think that is key. Um, because we tend to um, assume um, of the, the, the different, which this would help people to understand more of biases and assumptions and, and, and one more. Yeah, um, so yeah, so practice makes perfect because nobody is perfect, therefore practice makes better. So practice makes better. Um, so we are not striving for perfection at all. So some examples of different games which have been created. Uh, I know there's a lot of debate around the game Monopoly, but the community decided that this is the game they want to create, the homeless Monopoly. So they got a giant thing that they always use in the community. Um, so they will talk about the spectrum of hom hom homelessness from people who just um, couch surfing through to someone who has, hasn't got anything at all and live on, on the streets and different types of services they can actually get access to. Um, so on and so forth, and this game has won an award in the ECGBL conference so many years ago. And some of the different other games, well, like the escape rooms, are the usual stuff that uh, we are very much interested in as well. Um, yes, community. Uh, just to give an, an example of the fact that the work that we are doing started in 2014, 2015, we've people at the university as well as partners in different parts of the world and then that's how we evolved into different activities that we are doing currently. So I would encourage people to still work with anyone whom we had worked before like 10 years ago in play because it's quite interesting to see how they progress, how you can learn from them. It's not about us uh, in the way trying to in a way help them but they are helping us in terms of trying to understand more about from their perspectives. So we keep on working with the same group of people and different groups of people recommending other people. For example, this from Malaysia, Malaysia and the Department of Education and now with Vietnam and uh, uh, Indonesia. So it's sort of trickled. So the intention is for it to be extended to other Southeast Asian countries. So this is just an example of think about what way to change and impact. It doesn't happen in a day. And sometimes when we run something, uh, we don't actually follow it up. So I think it's good to have that in mind. Um, yeah, edges of change. Um, we are all edges of change, but we are also talking about secret edges of change. We talked about that pre previously in terms of how we ourselves have got a formal persona that we want to portray to the community. Oh, I'm here, I'm a researcher in this and this, I'm going to help you, I'm going to work with you to cause some change. But you are not probably, in my experience, that that would not be as approachable as thinking about your secret persona, which is like, for example, Nick with her singing and karaoke. <laughs> and uh, 
Jen and Chris with dancing and rock starring. <laughs> so those are the different things that we can think about. What else am I good at? Um, what can I do in order to contribute towards community? So we find that interesting in the uh, field work that we have done in very remote part of um, Borneo is the secret persona that we had that people didn't actually know we had. Uh, were the ones that were more useful in that particular scenario. Not the theories, not the teaching that oh, we have to use games to teach, but it's about the approachable uh, 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 um, ways that we can actually work with them. Because in our view, teachers or educators are the most effective uh, means for achieving the um, sustainable development goals in, in uh, inclusive, equitable and quality education. So we need to actually work with them more. An example of um, communities, so they share different types of, different types of games that they have created, so they share it with other teachers. So they keep on sharing. So people keep on remixing games which have been remixed and remixed and remixed so many times. So that helps teachers to be more confident with their own skills. And also in in Europe as well, that's often educational resources is very important in sharing what, what, what we've done. In making sure that it's easy for people to access, easy for people to download or reuse, so on and so forth. So the uh, uh, School Education Gateway is very much into this as well, collecting different types of work that, that everyone is doing. And our work in Game Changers has been included as part of that as well. So finally, space. We talk about space today. Um, Space is not just about physical space, it's about the context of use. Even this space is a this space, right? But the way that we design it is such a way to make it more approachable. Perhaps if we didn't have this and there were more people sitting on the floor, we might feel more relaxed and we can just walk around. And like what we're doing in your workshop today in terms of in the circles and we were dancing. So it was something different. But I did promise Jane that I would do river dance, but I think uh, I'm chicken enough. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> not in these shoes, but anyway. Um, but yeah, how can we encourage people to be more co-creative um, is, is very important. And space, playful space, what can we do? Subtle design. And this is the hill that Jane called the hill of death. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we... We like to use subtle design that would help people change the way they behave in a particular space. Like in this space here, where there are, oh, it's like an amphitheater grass thing. We had the uh, board, um, the board meeting for the university that went in there, and everything changed. They were more relaxed, time loosened up, and uh, they were discussing things. They were laughing around while making decisions, but they enjoyed the experience. They don't feel they feel more free in. Uh, saying a lot of things, but then again, when they left that space, they backed into their normal sort of formal identity. So we need to have more spaces around the university or around the community that we encourage people to be more playful. Like here in Vietnam, and this one's in Malaysia, so they use the same approach that we did like so many years ago, using a bus to tour different university and colleges. Uh, which, and, and I remember we went to a college um, um, somewhere in Scarborough and they went in, in this space and said, I didn't know universities like this. <laughs> so they were quite amazed with the fact that university is such an open space even though in reality it's not. 
But I think we are trying to do as much as we can to make it more open for people to come and see us. I think in other countries, universities are more open. I think in the UK, it's very close. It's like this is our space. You can't enter without, well, I haven't got a card, there's a card. Um, yeah, so in this past three days, these are the things that we've seen. I'm sure you have seen all of this in all sorts of different ways in terms of the learning theories that people talk about, why are they doing certain things, what are different types of learning they're trying to achieve. Um, talking about methods that use, so hopefully we we'll get more inspiration how how we can share our methodology in terms of the ecosystem is important. All of us here are from different backgrounds, and I'm, I'm sure that we are missing a few more sort of different types of community actors, perhaps uh, in this in this group. So probably we can have more students, perhaps in in the future, we can we can get them to be involved. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the previous version there were motions creating stuff and, and whatnot, yeah. Um, so in terms of space and communities, so one thing that is important is also the experience that you want to create, not the instruments, it's not the methods, it's the experience that will encompass all those different things I just talked about, how they will inform what experience that we want to create. And with that, thank you very much. I speak for everyone when I say thank you so much. That was a really, really interesting whistle stop tour of all this amazing stuff that you're doing. Um, don't sit down yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got time for one or two questions. Um, does any, is there anything from the floor? Okay, which is, I'm going to ask. You've, just, yeah. you've shown us, kind of, I'm always really impressed by the kind of social justice, you know, yeah. all the things that you do. I think it's, it's a really interesting take on the work in yeah. games and play. What's the thing you're most proud of? I think what I'm, I'm most proud of is the, the, the team who is actually involved in the whole thing. Because we all came together, we've got different ideas on how we think game-based learning or playfulness should be, and different discussions and debates. And the fact that we talk about leadership today, we talk about how it should be more fluid. So I think we are very fluid in terms of exchanging ideas, testing things out. I'm quite proud of the fact that Game Changers has moved on from just focusing on game-based learning through to something that is more open and playful and social justice. So from creating stuff for people, it was more about let's co-create and then let's put it out there so that it will be an open practice. So we are, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. And the fact that just, re just recently we won the, uh, le um, the Gold Award for QS Reimagined Education for it's quite long, um, the science of learning, that thing. So I think that is that is a recognition of the effort of the team uh, who has been involved, not, not just in Coventry, but those who are in other parts of the world, because they are part of the whole, we call it, we call it a movement. So, it's, um, so if you want to be part of Game Changers, give us a shout so that uh, we can actually share different methods of reviews. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, please join me. Thank you.
I do wish I look like that in the last days. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit the Okay, so we're nearly at the end. We just have a couple of things to, to finish off, I think. But the first thing I think we, I think all of us like to say, um, Rosie, Nick, and myself, I need my slides, um, <laughs> is thank you, everybody. And um, we're not going to do individual thank you. Actually, without all of you, playful learning is nothing. We know that. You all make it every year. It's different every year because of everybody who's here and contributes to making it what it is. So if you've presented, just been, just been somebody who's going along to sessions or playing in between the breaks, uh, keynoted, uh, organised, helped out in the desks and so on, uh, it all makes the, the experience perfect for us anyway. I hope for you as well. So thank you very much. Um, but we have a few awards to think, and I'll just swap over to Nick for you. Ah, right, yes. Okay, so we did say we had some wonderful t-shirts left over. Um, so we did, we pulled a few uh, names out of Peacox earlier. We have five um, t-shirt winners. Um, <laughs> did you see that? I don't know how many are in the room, but we will post out. And unfortunately, we've only, there's, there's very limited um, choice in terms of sizes, with the same ones left. But if you get our t-shirts, they can be nice shirts. <laughs> so the first one that came out was to Rebecca Bridge. I don't know if she's in the room. And actually, the feedback that she gave was she really liked the purple t-shirts. Second <laughs> 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 uh, one was for Julie Mulvey, who works with me and isn't here. She's <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one for her. <laughs> Uh, Richard Hornshaw. Yay! Come up. There is a pink one. Oh, there's there's a choice blue of the beach, but so. Can, you, can I. Come see? Purple, please. Purple. Purple. <laughs> and a random sign sign. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Steve, second Casper. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Sure, he's He's actually coming to Durham next week, so I'll take this as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Titi, I love you. Oh. Uh, no purples left. Pink is great. <laughs> but you will notice Thank there are you. a few extra t-shirts, and there were a few other people that when we were sort of sitting down wondering what they were going to do with all this extra fabric that we thought we really wanted to thank. Uh, first of all, we love this. No. This is just silly, and we particularly like the responses. Uh, so, can a big thank you to Andy. <laughs> Everything that was crazy and silly about it, we really appreciate it. I've got so much work for those. It's appreciated here. That's going to be my job for next week. <laughs> Uh, we also really, really want to thank our podcasters. <laughs> thank you, Mike and Mark. Uh,